0: we got a great show lined up for you today with the second half of my conversation with 2010 Oak Hill graduate and Indiana Miss Basketball, Courtney Moses Delks. In this episode, Courtney shares stories from her senior year at Oak Hill and winning the Miss Basketball Award. We also talk about her college recruiting journey and her fantastic career at Purdue University. We finish our conversation talking about the basketball training business that her and her husband Jordan own, the Compete Training Academy. We thank all of our listeners for tuning in, and a special hello to a good friend of our show, Crew Moses. Hello, Crew. Today's episode is sponsored by Compass Ministries. Whether it is Compass Family, Compass Community, Compass College Stage Ministry, or Compass Worship, our desire is to provide events, resources, and opportunities that will introduce, strengthen, and empower you to make Jesus Christ the main focus of every aspect of your life. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at CompassJN146 or join us for Compass Worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Roseburg Event Center. But before we get to our guest, it's time to highlight our AgriGreen Team of the Week. We thank AgriGreen for sponsoring our Team of the Week each episode as we highlight a historical Oak Hill team. The AgriGreen team has a passion for all things farming and farm management. AgriGreen has fun doing what they do and believe their services and products are practical and make their customers money. They use practical agronomy with years of experience and data as the basis to drive seed selection, fertility recommendations, and chemical and input programs for each individual farm. They can also help you with your land ownership goals and management needs. Visit agrigreen.com to find out more. That's A-G-R-I-Green.com. All right, the Agri Green team of the week this week is the 2015 Oak Hill Boys Golf Team, coached by Gary Conway. They were the winners of the Grant Ford Championship, the Central Indiana Conference, and the Sectional Championship. This team qualified for the state finals and finished in 13th place at the state championship. Oak Hill won the sectional championship at the Timber Ridge Golf Course in Bluffton. They shot a score of 315 beat-out second-place Belmont High School by 15 strokes. Oak Hill was led by individual champion Cody White, who shot a 73. Rounding out the Oak Hill team performance in the sectionals were Adam McDivitt, who shot a 79, Brayton Swan shot an 81, Brayton Remberger shot an 82, and Michael Law shot an 84. Oak Hill then played a regional match at the Players Club in Yorktown. Oak Hill shot a score of 314 to finish in third place behind Noblesville who shot a 310 and Hamilton Southeastern who won with a score of 308. Brayton Swan led Oak Hill with a 74 at the regionals. That result qualified Oak Hill for the state championship at Prairie View Golf Club in Carmel. At the state championships, Oak Hill finished in 13th place with a team score of 325 in the first round and 317 in the second round. Westfield edged out Center Grove to win the state championship in that match. Oak Hill was by far the smallest school that qualified for the state finals that year. Leading Oak Hill during the two-round state championship meet was Cody White, who finished in 24th place. Brayton Swan finished in 54th. Michael Law finished in 75th place. Adam McDivitt finished in 79th. And Brayton Rimberger finished in 99th place to round out the Oak Hill scoring. That is, again, your 2015 state-qualifying boys' golf team. Each episode, our good friends at Milk & Honey Coffee Company are sponsoring a trivia question of the week. The first person to visit Milk & Honey with the correct answer will win a free drink, any size, any flavor. Milk & Honey Coffee Company is a coffee shop serving locally roasted coffee, baked goods, and lots of love. Located in the heart of Converse, Indiana, Milk and Honey is a proud supporter of the Oak Hill community. Stop in to see Bridget Boswell and the crew Monday through Friday from 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 to 10 a.m. Don't forget that the first person to tell the Milk and Honey staff the correct answer of this week's trivia question will receive a drink of their choice, any size and any flavor. Visit Milk and Honey at 202 North Jefferson Street in downtown Converse today. And the Milk and Honey trivia question of the week this week is, who was the head coach that led Oak Hill girls cross country teams to three straight regional championships from 1990 to 1992? Again, who was the head coach that led the Oak Hill girls cross country teams to three straight regional championships from 1990 to 1992? If you know the answer, stop into Milk and Honey today. The first person there to give the staff the right answer will win a free drink. Sponsoring today's guest portion of the show is Meadowmere Meats. As a local farm and meat supplier to the Grant County area, Meadowmere Meats is proud to offer high-quality, premium meats to our community. Once you taste the difference, you will understand the value in choosing only Meadowmere Meats to fill your freezer. Visit MeadowmereMeats.com to place your order. Once again, that website is MeadowmereMeats.com. Visit Meadowmere Meats today but you weren't done. Mm-hmm. You, know, you graduated a lot of talent. A lot of girls graduated after that year, but you still had your senior year ahead of you. So as we keep moving on, that 2010 season, your senior year, you guys went 20-4, and four, won the Grant 4, won the CIC. You had 13 wins by over 20 points. You had good uh, regular season competition, but had some losses, more losses than you'd had the previous couple of years. You lost to Taylor in overtime during the regular season. You lost to Kokomo, Fort Wayne, Elmhurst. But before we get to that playoff run, your senior year, what were some of the minds? What was the mindset? What was some of your feelings going into your senior year after those back-to-back state championship appearances?
1: Yeah, uh, like I said, all your losses prepare you um, and motivate you, and so 60-58 overtime, boom on the on the door, you know, taped up again, and so really that that state championship loss really fueled a summer of um, you know going going into senior year where. Miss basketball's on the table. Um, in my mind, like I, I haven't, you know, I'm not gonna like. I'm such a competitor. Like nothing's given. And so, outside world, everybody, I think, thought it was like already a done deal, kind of. But with me, I'm like, you know, I, I hear people talk like five, you know, five, six sweetser, uh, plays two a. Like there's like I those things, but they just kind of motivate me. And so, uh, losing in state, uh, really. Um, the offseason that summer, like, man, just got after it as a team. Um, that, that year, my senior year, really, I think that was a pivotal moment. Um, obviously, you know, being, being a leader on some of those other teams and being vocal, but of really having to be a leader and really communicate and be very really vocal. We had a lot of young girls on that, uh, young players on that team that were coming in. Um, and so just really taking them under a wing and, and teaching them and getting them in the gym and like the culture, like this is how we do things. So that because I knew like, man, we get into tournament runs like we're relying on some of these some of these yeah. girls who haven't had the the AU experiences. And so really just, I guess, on that coaching and that motivating, um, I knew I was taking care of what I needed to do of training and, and being prepared. But really, you know, be a coach and a leader on that team. Um, and yeah. I talked a lot. Uh, with Coach Law. During that time, I remember the senior year, it's like where you take credits and escrow. And so I was at IWU, um, everyday shooting in the weight room. Um, I remember reaching out at that point. So my, the end of my junior year is when I committed to Purdue. So I already knew where I was going to college. And so I was really locked in on preparing my body for the college game. So I really was, I played soccer that year. I did not run track that year. Um, so like during basketball, uh, I spent a lot of time, you know, preparing, watching and wanting to be the best at Oak Hill, but also, you know, preparing for that next, next stage. Because in reality, like you go from, so you finish your basketball career in February. Well, that June you are starting college, right. like you're starting training and you're doing things. And then that May was the Indian all-star stuff. So like, boom, you're right into it. So
0: yeah, you had a division it, one mindset. Yeah, so divi- I guess year.
1: Division One mindset um, yeah. going into that, and remember reaching out to the strength conditioning coach at Purdue and getting like their weight training program and conditioning stuff, and um, and and starting to do that. Talking with Coach Osmond Hay uh, during weightlifting. So all of our, um, t- our team seventh period. So this is all from I mean, freshman year. We all all the basketball girls. We all lifted together right before like seventh period lifting, and then we go into practice, which was which was great yeah. for, for all those teams. So, um, so yeah, so that was kind of, I know it's kind of, but like that senior year was like one of those, uh, let's go, you know, work to do and finish, but just also very preparation
0: year. Yeah, you were on a mission. You had yeah. to be, and because you graduated so much talent from the year before, you had to be more aggressive. You know, the mm-hmm. year before you averaged 18 points a game. Your sophomore year, you averaged 15 points a game. Senior year, you had to put up a lot more shots. Mm-hmm. You had to be yep. the go-to, which any shot you shot was probably high efficiency, so that's a good <laughs> strategy. You averaged 31.7 points a game to lead the state of Indiana, becoming the second Oak Hill athlete to lead the state in scoring in basketball. after Jared Odle did his junior year. You guys had a really good year. Again, you went 20-4, and four, won the Grant 4, won the CIC, 13 wins by over 20 points, and then you got to the playoffs. And coming off back-to-back state championship appearances going into your senior year. And in the playoffs, you started sectionals by beating Sheridan by 40. Mm-hmm. So here we go again, right? We're going to make another run. Then you beat Eastern of Greentown by 31 in the semifinals. And Taylor, once again, Taylor Titans beat them by 12 to win a sectional championship. At that point, how did you feel about the team?
1: Uh, to At that point, the team, so... Um, that team was really—I'd say our offense was sitting around kind of uh, Ashley Pickering, six four or five, forget what she six four or five. Marissa Coolman, um, who wanted to play at Bethel, she was a junior that year. Um, Lori Newhouse was in that mix, and myself. And so I remember. So Ashley Pickering was committed; she was going to go play volleyball at Purdue. Um, and she was, so she was going like after practice to Munciana and doing volleyball stuff like daring. So I remember at sectional, I remember pick Ashley's back was like, she had some like stuff going on with her back. And I was thinking, okay, going into regional, like, (laughs) like with, without, without Ashley Pickering six, five, like we, like we needed her rebounding. We needed her, um, her offensive, her mindset, her mentality and she, her body was just Kind of wore down, um, and so I remember thinking, this could be interesting. It, it, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna let the the team know that, right. but in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this is like, there was a like an added like, this is not, <laughs> we need her. Yeah. Uh, we need we need her healthy. Um, it, and so going into regional, that's I was like, we have, we're gonna have to. Everybody's gonna have to step up. Yep. Around and so it's we need those players who. Haven't had the experience in the regional (laughs) to like it, like I talked about, you can't replace experience. So, we had people who were gonna have to step up. Pick still played, but she, she, she did not feel good. She was hurt, she was um, achy, and she still fought through and did, she did good, but she, like, on the backside of a lot of people, like, she was, she didn't her she hurt, yeah. So, that's what I remember.
0: And you were facing double teams all the time, probably even triple teams at times, quadruple teams, yeah. Uh, just so much attention yep. on you. So you, yeah, you had to have teammates. Yeah, step so I was up. just
1: thinking everybody's got to step up. Yeah. So I was, like the preparation of, like I said, of being stepping into that leader and like helping these these young players. Hey, this is you know getting in the gym, getting in their reps in because I knew that there was gonna come a time where we were going to need them yep. to step up big, and it was the regional was yeah. where we we I we needed and 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 they and they 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 did. They did. They came. They they showed up. They and I remember like they were all just locked in and, and ready to go.
0: Hey, mama's gonna get quadruple teamed here today. I need you guys to <laughs> help out. So well, you guys faced a familiar foe in the regional, Fort Wayne Bishop Lures, mm-hmm. who at mm-hmm. their schedule is loaded every year. So they are competition ready mm-hmm. every single year that they come into the playoffs. And in that first round game at Regionals, you guys lost forty eight to forty five. Mm-hmm. To put an end to your Oak Hill career, what was it like taking the jersey off for the last time?
1: Um, I think it was harder taking the jersey off in 08 09 than it was in 09 10 mm-hmm. uh, because that team in 08 09 and that run like that man, that that was the team, those were the teams. Um, in my senior year, we were good, but. Uh, i had the history um the camaraderie the chemistry since like i said back to skill like when we're five and six years old of that 08 09 team uh i was i remember i was an emotional wreck after that game um the 09 010 was uh i was disappointed but i was I, i i took off that jersey uh for the last time as an oak hill eagle grateful for the last four years um, and I knew that I put everything out there, um, had um, to become the best player, and I knew that the trajectory in those four years of Oak Hill girls basketball, how it affected the community, how it transpired. Like it was, I was grateful to take it off, and I was excited about the future. Yeah. Um. And so it that that's really I think it was harder in 08, 09 taking it off for the last time than. Oh, 910 of just the you know I was looking forward to not that I was checked out by any means but I was looking forward to this next you know excitement of um, the Miss Basketball race Indian All Stars and getting to Purdue and yeah. and, and and playing um, Big Ten basketball.
0: Yeah, you had so much in front of you, but as you look in that rearview mirror in that moment, uh, just as you reflect the Oak Hill community support, what did that mean to you during your? I mean, not just four years, but even as a youngster, it seemed mm-hmm. like you were in the paper all the time. And so, this, you know, this was the final time you would ever wear an Oak Hill mm-hmm. jersey. So, as you think back, the Oak Hill community support—what does that mean to you?
1: Um, the Oak Hill community—I uh, mean, from the teachers growing up, uh, I can go through every single year and tell you who my teacher was, uh, the experiences, um, just the the community and the—I think—the values that the community instilled. Um, and to us, you know, in terms of hard work and character and respect, and um, just the encouragement like, very when I think of growing up in Oak Hill and the community, like it was such a positive atmosphere. Mm-hmm. There was, it was the energy was contagious. It was, um, and, and like I said, energy fuels energy. And so, this pot, this, it was just so positive. I'm so thankful for the culture. Um, it was like, you know, like one big family, like, you know, that somebody in the Oak Hill community is going to, is going to stand up for you yeah. if you, you know, and just the, I think the biggest thing is the Oak Hill community cared more. I really felt cared more for, um, in terms of a person than just an athlete. Yeah. Like, you know, the, you know, how is your soul set versus, Hey, you're doing this, this, and this. It wasn't, it was like they cared about my soul. um, and, you know, in terms of faith and believing in God and, and, you know, Jesus. And I can't explain, like, all the cards and the thing and just encouragement. Like, I'm so thankful. I I can't. Yeah. It's hard to wrap it all around, but it was just a a positive culture um, that was focused on eternal things, not earthly things.
0: Yeah, I love that. And you're such a good example for Jesus' love out there. And I think what people loved about you so much, Courtney, is that you know, on this big stage that Indiana High School basketball is, you represented us, right? You represented the Oak Hill community, and you did so, so well. And everybody was so proud that you were the one out there representing Oak Hill. And I know so many people traveled to watch all your games, didn't miss a game over your four years. A lot of those same people went to a lot of your Purdue games, Mm -hmm. maybe long distance to West Lafayette, to watch you play those four years. So a couple more things happened before you did graduate high school. We talked about it. The Indiana Miss Basketball. Mm -hmm. When did you know that you were... um, Well, you kind of knew your senior year. You were going to be a finalist. But when did you know that, hey, this might happen? And what was it like when you got that call?
1: Um, I found out before spring break that year. um, And I remember going down. So getting the call. um, And, like, for anybody who's, like, won a championship or won an award, like, when it comes, it's not, like, this big, like, firework moment. It's just, like, what floods back is all of the blood, sweat, and tears that went into that moment. So, like, the process of getting to that point and that being a goal. And it's like, it was, man, how do I explain? Like, becoming Miss Basketball, like, it was one of those things that, like, I set out to be that when I, I think I, maybe in seventh, fifth, I forget when I wrote down that goal. But in my mind, I had been preparing and I had been Miss Basketball, like, mentally, uh since that time and so when it happens it's almost like you've already been in this mental framework like when you're out on the on the bet on the court and you're doing i'm doing these workouts and there's nobody watching like i'm coming from the plane of i'm miss basketball and I'm, I'm a d1 like you you have to get into this mental framework so when it happens it's like in your mind you've already it's already happened and so when that actually happens in reality it's just reality catching up with what already mentally has went on for years. I guess is the best way to explain it. And so when I got it, it was like, cool. I remember <laughs> like, uh, so we were on a cruise. So like, you know, have no service, everybody. So when we get back, I remember coming home from the airport, I like fell asleep. I think I had like, what are those little like pillows? Everybody had like snuggle pillow things. Um, like drooling <laughs> and I remember like my parents wake me up and there was all these people at Chisholm Corner fire trucks, family, f- community, the so community showing out again. And I got to get up in the fire truck and they took. So I went through. So normally like when we went sectional, regional, semi-state, it would the fire trucks would take us, you know. Yep. Do the parade through all the towns. You meet at championship so championship corner yeah, first. Yeah, championship corner. So yeah. this is a di- like it was a different like normally it's a team atmosphere. So like to to get a solo fire truck ride and like everybody was coming out to the street like small town hoosiers indiana you can't make this stuff out like that was the that was like the that was joyful of of celebrating with everybody else Mm -hmm. because when 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 you get the call it's like yeah like mentally yeah yeah, that's already but then this to share that joy with other people was such a joyful moment and you know the the fire truck pulls right into our driveway. So was, <laughs> <laughs> that was the same driveway. you spent so many hours out there. Like it was just like a full circle moment, being able to to do that. And so I was excited to represent our community on that level, um, and to go, you know, play represent Indiana. Yeah, and you had a
0: job to do. You got to beat Kentucky. You got to yeah, represent we Indiana. Did. Yes. And you set uh, you nearly set the all time record for most points scored in that two game series. You mm-hmm. scored fifty two over the two games. One game's played in Kentucky, and one game's played in Indianapolis, and so that had to be a really cool experience to be able to play with all those high-level girls.
1: Oh yeah, it was, and a lot of those uh, girls are, you know, teammates that you've I've played against in AAU, or you know, and so that have been teammates with me, and so you come together, um, and you go, and you play uh, together, and represent the state. Like those where we stayed down at Marion University, uh, we had I remember I had I spoke at graduation, um, and then I think the next day I left, like and went to a week long, you know, down at Marion training camp. We're playing Kentucky, playing the junior all stars. And so like as soon as I graduated high school, like I was like I was on to the next chapter. Like there wasn't much turnaround. But that was my roommate was D Williams who was gonna be my eventual she played at Ben Davis, eventual teammate that coming summer at Purdue. We were roommates in at college, so yeah. That was really um, kind of starting a new, you know, building that chemistry, uh, leading into um, the next phase of basketball.
0: The next phase. Well, this has been so much fun talking about Oak Hill, but as we continue on and start steering towards the next steps, Purdue. We already talked about how you went there, but what was the recruiting process like? Uh, one of the cool things for Oak Hill fans was seeing all the college coaches mm-hmm. coming to your games. Yeah. So just kind of, you know, quickly wrap up. Who were the top two or three choices? You're narrowing it down to. For your choice of where to play college basketball.
1: Uh, like I said earlier, I don't really remember specific moments, shots, game. Like there are a few that stands out and this is just a recruiting story. I remember I have two recruiting stories and then I'll tell you. So one was so I was I had played soccer, so like coaches were coming into my soccer games uh and watching just to show like, hey, we, we were like seriously like we want you for basketball, obviously. Yeah. But like <laughs> they were because and so like I remember uh, like, Purdue's coaches were coming. And so there was a Michigan State, Shane Cliffell I think he's in the head coach at Central Michigan uh, now. He came, and I was kicking a corner kick, and he was set up right there in his little fold-out chair. And uh, I remember I looked at him, and I said, this one's for you, coach. Gave him a little wink and bananaed the shot in. <laughs> if you asked me to do it, I, I like, c- couldn't do that. I don't, like, it was just one of those. And yeah. I was like, and I just ran back. But that was in front. He was a Michigan State coach. And then another moment, senior year, uh, Coach Versips in the Oak Hill gym, sitting next to my parents in the stands. I've already committed. We're playing Marion, so, like, the rivalry game. I remember just being, like, man, just on it. I remember mean, I dropped, like, 43 was just and with Coach V in the crowd. Yeah. And I, I can remember, like, moments of, like, seeing just her just sitting there smiling. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that was recruiting. But in, in terms of recruiting, um, I started getting recruited in, like, Seventh grade, I think I started getting mail. And you know, there's coaches come to AAU games or traveling around, and so I, I really liked Tennessee, um, Pat Summit era. Like every girl in America loved Tennessee. I had the East Bay jersey with Moses in the back. Um, they came watch the AU game. I didn't play well, and like never heard from. Them. So, Tennessee was out. But it came down. Uh, Purdue was heavily interested. Georgia, uh, Andy Landers down there. Guy named Cameron Newbauer. I played AU with his sister Andrea. He was an Indiana native, so he was an assistant coach. So that was kind of so Georgia, uh, no- Notre Dame was interested. So I talked a lot, and I, I um, I'll go back to Notre Dame in a second. Michigan State. Um, I was getting recruited by like most of the Big Ten, but Wisconsin. I visited Wisconsin, Michigan State. Went to visit the Ball State. Kelly Packard was there. Um, uh, I was getting like mail and people wanted me to come. There was something when I went to there was a school that I was really interested in before Purdue. It was Notre Dame. Um, and going up to the foot like that I would watch Notre Dame football, which you would appreciate like Saturday. Like I was I was locked in on Notre Dame and Skyler Diggins we talked about um, still plays in WNBA now. She was from South Bend when she made the decision to go to Notre Dame, they called and said, Hey, you bet uh the coach that was recruited me, hey, uh we're not gonna offer you. You need to go some like look somewhere else. It's gonna be pretty much a Skylar show. <laughs> and so <laughs> I appreciate it. So And it was um, Yeah. <laughs> and so all that the other Purdue, like I went to Purdue, I went to their elite I had been at Notre Dame Elite Camp, Purdue Elite Camp, and so I then I really locked in on Purdue. But I was going to probably if Notre Dame would have offered me, I think I would have went to Notre Dame. Um, that's not the way it worked out. And I am so thankful that it worked out. Like everything works out. Uh, and so Purdue had heavily uh, been recruiting me and um, coach Versip, when I sat down in her office, like she is the realist uh, coach. like she is so truthful. And she told me, she didn't t- promise me anything. She said, Hey, I started all four years, you have a chance to come do that, but you got to come earn it and come win it. And I'm like, oh, look at my, like, sign me <laughs> up. This is who I want to play for. And the the confidence that she can instill in you and the vision that she had, and, like, I, it was, like, game over. Um, And just, so then it, I was, yeah, it was Purdue. Yeah, So, so that was, I just, it, I always tell kids, they ask, how do I know they get so, like, held up? I'm like, you will know, you'll have the intuition, listen to the Holy Spirit, and you're like, you will know. And I, I knew. I just knew, so that was, that was the journey. It, 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 it like it came down between, so Notre Dame never offered me, but it came down between Purdue and Michigan State, which are two similar, similar yeah. schools, you know. So
0: the one's a lot closer to a home. Lot
1: closer which, to home, yeah. and, and it was where I was supposed to be 100 percent for those four years.
0: And even though I'm sure a lot of the Oak Hill community would have drove to East Lansing every game, <laughs> still, I'm sure they appreciated appreciative. Yes. you chose West Lafayette. So yeah. you left Sweetser, you go to West Lafayette. What was your expectations going into your freshman year for for playing time for how you're going to fit mm. in how you're going to compete being short for Division one basketball?
1: Yep, uh, going into um, it was the same kind of similar to going into 06, 07 season like um, lo, like the team is really good and so we you get there in June and you you get enrolled in classes we have 6A, six a six a m five thirty they were five thirty then five thirty a m. Morning sessions, weights, conditioning. We're playing pickup uh, basketball. You're in your work. Like it is June, June of 2010. Boom, here we go. And so, one of uh, the thing, like just being an athlete, like when it comes to the conditioning and the strength and all that stuff, like I absolutely love it. To this day, I still I get jacking right here in my voice. Like I absolutely love the process. And so that portion of it, I was able to go in and really, you know, that's just what I love to do. Um, I would we ate. We practiced at five thirty, so I would set. I remember the nutrition um, dietitian like gave us a paper on like how you should fuel before practice and what how what time you should eat, what you should eat. So I would set an alarm for two hours before, so three thirty. I'd have a peanut butter honey sandwich <laughs> in a Ziploc bag. You sitting on my nightstand. I literally like my alarm would go off. I'd eat some like half. I would nibble that sandwich, so I was fueled up, carbs ready to go, and then I would you know go into workouts. But that's how like serious I was <laughs> about that stuff. <laughs> But I was able to go in and gain the respect of the upperclassmen, um, by my work ethic and, and, uh, you know, they, they knew like what I was about and, and just to, you know, form those relationships, um, with everybody. But so I was glad for that summer. So I was just there, you know, let's, however I can contribute. Um, and uh, it uh was an exhibition game freshman year um so i you know i'm kind of in rotation i'm not in the starting lineup uh there was a girl named kk houser from nebraska who um so fakar malone was a point guard she graduated right before i came in uh kk houser is going to be the she was like the point guard behind her so she's come back from or she just she's going to be the next point guard yep. like you know i'm going to work into rotation and she goes up for layup, There's her ACL. I'll never forget Coach Versip grabbing my jersey, looking me right in the eye and saying, "This is your team now," and throw me to to the scores bench, the exhibition game. Like, and I'm like, "Let's go!" But like, I wasn't um, nervous, scared. like I was I I was prepared. I like, it, "Let's go!" Yeah. And so, as a freshman, <laughs> you're you know trying to learn all the plays. Like you have upperclass and like that is that is a lot of stress on on a and like you're going to class I remember I was in I'm in biology and anatomy with all these like nursing students and doctors and you're taking classes and you're traveling and it's all new like I wish then and I'm not putting a plug in for but like I had somebody mindset wise because but you can't learn anything what experience you got to just go through it yeah. so the same I was watching the Purdue game last night Braden Smith looks like a different kid and it's because he went through the experiences last year he's a different player this year as he should be as a sophomore. So your freshman year, but I just got thrown into
0: it. So here we go. Let's let's go. Freshman point guard. And at that level, I mean, Purdue's already a really good program. They had good athletes like Brittany Rayburn on the team. Yep. You were a freshman point guard going into D1 athletic egos as well, right? So you had to to facilitate that team and lead them, not just on the court, but as a leader. We
1: had two transfers coming that year, Dre Mingo from Maryland, Antoinette Howard from Florida State. Dre was a McDonald's All American, um, very talented. Yeah, yeah. Brittany missed basketball. You have Sam Ostrillo out of South Dakota, and McDonald's All American. Like we, Alex Guyton, Indian All Star. Like we had like that.
0: You were good. Yeah. You were good. Was, yeah. You guys went 21 and 12 your freshman year at Purdue. So this was the 2010-2011 season. You made the NCAA tournament. You beat Kansas State in the first round. And then got to play University of Connecticut in the second round. And you guys lost. But you were named to the All-Big Ten freshman team. Honorable mention All-Big Ten. And you were on the third team. You are named third team freshman All-American. You were named Big Ten freshman of the week six times. You led the team in assists. Were third in scoring with 11.7 points a game. You set six freshman school records. And scored a season-high 26 points against Texas A&M. I got to ask, what was it like playing Maya Moore and University of Connecticut in that second round NCAA tournament game?
1: Maya Moore is one of the, I always say this, she is one of the greatest female basketball players that this current generation of upcoming girls, I mean, boys, everybody, that they're not going to see play. She, was, she is the Michael Jordan of girls basketball. And she, I mean, she was phenomenal. Like, um, and she went on to play in the WNBA you know, had a stellar career as an Olympic team. And, like, if anybody doesn't know her story, she has this book called Love and Respect. So there was this guy um, her family knew that was in in prison. He was falsely accused. And she, like, started helping with his case. They fall in love. Uh, She retires from basketball. And, like, she is a Christian. Like, she is – and she has this different uh, way. She gave so much to the game in basketball. But she she could very well still be playing if that wasn't, you know – uh, she played for a, a long time, but she was, she was phenomenal. Like, yeah. phenom- I try to get, I have a Sabrina jersey on now, but I want a my Maya Moore jersey. I can't find one. They only have youth <laughs> ones. But she, man, so good.
0: What was it like seeing Coach Gino on the sideline for UConn?
1: My best moment with Gino was and we always so we played uh UConn and St. Thomas uh and like some thanksgiving tournaments so there's one day like you have like some off days and I was riding down the elevator with Gino and he like has (laughs) his towel around his his neck and he's got his shades on so I got to see like island Gino (laughs) (laughs) but in the game like he's intense but I got to see chilled Gino on a note like I didn't I didn't, I don't think I said anything to him just but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: he did all of his talking on the court. They were I mean, you played yeah. them in the midst of there. I think they won four straight. Four straight, yeah. yep, four and straight. You got to face Kelly Ferris again as yep. well, so yep. that was a unique experience. So then going into your sophomore year, you know, you guys are ranked most of the years that you were there, and you guys were 25-9 and nine, that 2012 season. You lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament to a really good South Carolina team, but you brought home Hardware. You guys won the Big Ten Tournament Championship. Mm-hmm. What was that like?
1: That was so... It was like a full circle moment, think back to, to Oak Hill. So losing sophomore year, um, that atrocious game to Heritage Christian at Bankers Life. So being able to go back onto that floor and to win a championship, like that meant a little bit more. Yeah. Like it's still for the for Purdue, but um meant a lot. But that man, we had a squad and so that was just the the joy and when you're in college and like you're going through I mean you're that you becomes your family, and like there were so many adversity moments of like uh, people, you know, being diagnosed with cancer that we know, and family members dying, and like of people. It's so like you go through life together. So like when you celebrate a championship like that together, it's just yeah. you can't you can't explain it. It's such, but that was that was awesome. Yeah, I, I think it was like an overtime game. Like yeah. playing a lot of championships that were overtimes. Like <laughs> you talk about thrillers.
0: Yeah, I remember I was at that uh, Big Ten championship game. And that was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Really yeah. exciting. And just to highlight some of the things that Courtney did as a sophomore at Purdue, she set a school record with 47 made free throws in a row that season. She averaged nearly 11 points a game, led the Big Ten in free throw percentage at 90.7%. You scored 29 points against Northwestern and South Dakota State. And in the NCAA tournament first-round victory over South Dakota State, you set an NCAA tournament record with nine made three-pointers. You were on fire. I remember watching on TV. Mm-hmm. What was it like to be in the zone like that?
1: Man, in the zone, you you <laughs> just, you aren't thinking anything. It's so, <laughs> it's so, it's an incredible moment. Um, And it it goes back to, you know, it just flashed my moment. Mine was all caps, word art, like, size sent, overwhelm, force shooting. <laughs> like, all those moments, like, that just doesn't yep. happen. Like, it's the work, it's the things. And then you get put into these moments where you, that, that happens. But it doesn't just happen, like, The time, I mean, so many times, uh, some of my favorite stories are being, like, down in uh, Cardinal Court, which is the practice court, and the the men's team at Purdue was, they were okay. They were kind of, like, it was kind of down. Like, it was after the Robbie Hummel, Lewis Jackson, Etwan Moore era. It was, like, in between. They they weren't, they were kind of struggling, and so I remember being in there, like, late at night, and Matt Painter, like, would come down from his office, and he'd look at and he'd be like, ah, Moses, it's you again. I was hoping it was one of my guys near (laughs) shooting (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, like at that time, the Purdue men's basketball culture—they weren't really. I mean, it's called for what it is. They weren't really in there, so he'd, he'd always be like, "Man, Moses." And I lived close to campus. I lived or close to Mackey, like a couple houses down. So I'm telling you, I was in that gym all the time, shooting late at night. Like that was that was where I was at. Yep. So
0: and it paid off with that and NCAA it paid off tournament yep. record. Yeah. Yep.
1: Still stands today with a girl from UConn. So
0: I remember uh, we'll seeing. we see if you. Caitlin
1: Clark, Caitlin Clark's gotten close to it. This might. Yeah, she's gotten close to it a couple of times during. It has to be during an NCAA tournament game, though. That's so. right,
0: NCAA tournament game. I remember yep. seeing you on Sports Center when they did the highlight. Yep. Uh, talking about your three point shooting that game. That was the best cool.
1: of that was in Mackey too. Like to be able to do that in Mackey. Yeah. Because it was an NCAA tournament ga- game, but we we hosted, so that was special to be able to do that yeah. in Mackey.
0: Yeah. So then your junior year of Purdue, you had a big honor that year as you were named team captain, and you were captain of a team that went twenty five and nine. You lost the Louisville in the second round of the NCAA tournament, but you won the Big Ten championship again, back-to-back champs. Mm-hmm. Any memories of that junior year?
1: Uh, being able to go back-to-back Big Ten championships, anytime you can repeat in anything, like I said earlier, about like, the semi-states in high school, is special. And so um, that was back-to-back. I remember, man, just celebrating it was that same group of that we. so we got to do it together twice we didn't have any seniors uh that sophomore year when we wanted to the next year to be able to repeat it it's like we and that group like we worked so hard during the off season and so like our practices man they were we had practice guys they were we got after it so to be able to be rewarded and to get those championships and we came so close those years to winning regular season championships we were always battling it out with Penn State, uh, which were Alex Bentley went to play at Ben Davis, but we were always battling it out. Penn State was normally um, – they, I think they won um, quite a few regular seasons those four years, but to win the, the championship and head yeah. into to the March Madness time, man, those were – if you can win in March, it's special. Yep.
0: And you had, for the third straight year, you ran into a really difficult second-round opponent – With the Sweet 16 on the line, losing to Louisville. Yep. Um, At Louisville. Yep. Tough game, tough atmosphere for you. Yep. Some highlights from junior year for Courtney at Purdue. She was named third-team All-Big Ten that year, led the team in scoring at 13.3 points a game, scored 24 points against UConn in a regular season matchup. You played a Purdue record 50 minutes in a triple overtime win against Ohio State, where you scored 24 points. How tired were you? After playing fifty minutes,
1: uh, endurance and like running, I mean, tra- cross country soccer, like I thrived on it. Yeah. But basketball is different. I mean, you're sliding, you're jumping. It was tight. But like when you're in the moment, you just you've prepared. I mean, we we had a phenomenal strength and conditioning staff. I remember like that summer we were wearing weight vests, running hills on the cross country course, and running Slater Hill, and like all the stuff that we do to repair our bodies like we were so well equipped um with our staff that it was like in that moment it was just like let's go yeah you just you just step up to it you're prepared
0: and it was a victory of our house yeah was there, just...
1: there was some time in there i remember one time though i think it might have was it after that i had to go to the push like the student health center and like get ivs because i was like <laughs> <laughs> me and Brittany raper and there was we had to get ivs because we played so many minutes like um, in those in games and we just got i mean sicknesses are going around and yeah. you just get you're traveling on planes you're i mean you just it's it's a real deal like you're you're getting after as a college basketball player and so yeah i'm gonna have to get IVs. And it might have been the, game. <laughs> the grind of big 10 play too physical <laughs> yeah, physical very physical probably yeah. compared
0: to what you experienced aau yep. obviously in high school yep so that probably took some adjustment yeah that you thrived in the strength room so you knew you prepared your body well for that yeah
1: and I think it was either that sophomore or junior year uh stood out we did a European tour that August and so just talking about team chemistry like those trips are really you go over you're playing against national teams and your your sightseeing but like that brings when you're in a foreign country and you can't speak the same language like you got to come together as a team so that all those moments uh we did went on Mission trips together. So, like, there was quite a few of us went to Haiti one year, quite a few of us went to South Africa. FC, like, all that adds up to those championships.
0: Yeah, very cool. Well, one other highlight your junior year. You set a Purdue single season record for free throw percentage at 92.6%. So this gives me a good opportunity to ask, what advice would you give to a young basketball player about the routine mm-hmm. to shoot a free throw?
1: Uh, same advice my dad gave me when I was little, stay close when you're young. So I think it's so important to have the bas- have the right size basketball, so whether that's a little bitty one, a 27-5, 28-5, whatever you're at, 29-5, uh, have the height, the goal at the right height, and just work on your form over and over and over and over and over, and then start scooting yourself back, start raising the goal up, and get your form down correctly, and then do the same thing every time. Um, and just there's no secret to it. You just got to get the reps up.
0: Well, that was your junior year, you set that single-season school record. You have the career record as well for free throw percentage. So then going into your senior year, 2014, you guys went 22-9, and another 20-win season. You lost to Oklahoma State in the second round of the NCAA tournament. So that was four years where you guys won your first game in the NCAA tournament but lost a difficult competition. Mm-hmm. How did that one set? Like, How bad did that one sting?
1: That one, uh, the motion that sets in – on when you when you're on the court and you know you're about to lose and it's your last game of college and so at that point in my heart I was going that was not my last competitive basketball game because I was going to go play professional hindsight like that was my last competitive on a team um, game and at the moment I didn't know that because I thought I was going to go on and continue to play professionally um, and so it hits man, it like on the court, you're just overcome with an emotion. I remember just on the court, it just hits you. You just start. I mean, cause you put your, your heart and your soul in this. I mean, from the time you're, you're little, like, and this is, and we know like in life, everything like there's seasons, um, having kids now, like I have a six year old and a four year old, like we're out of the, the baby and the toddler stage. And it's like in this new. And so like you have to you have to lock in on each moment. So like that college, those four years that just fly by, and that you've worked like your little girl out in your driveway. is like, whoa! Like that went fast. I remember thinking like, and you just you you, you have to you have to go on to the next. But that like the next part of the story, like I thought I was going to keep playing that Dennis. So that's a whole nother yeah. mindset conversation. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you had a great senior year. Personally, you were named first team All Big Ten. You averaged fifteen point five points to, uh, per game. You were named to the WBCA All State Good Works team, which mm-hmm. was pretty cool honor yep. for you. What was that about?
1: Uh, so that award is given to um, just a few um, athletes, girls basketball players who have really given back in their communities, during of where their colleges are, during their done like charitable work. And so there were a couple of like organizations that I helped kind of start. So one of them was called Boilermaker Wish, which was kind of like a spinoff of Make-A-Wish, but it was for Boilermaker Wish. So um, a kid who was, you know, sick, had a sickness or had wanted to meet a certain Purdue athlete uh, could put in a wish, and then we would make it happen if they want to come. So we had kids, you know, that came to praxis and met Purdue basketball players or football players. We had people that went and visited them at the hospital. So me and a couple other people kind of um couple other of my other athlete friends we uh kind of did that so yeah, and then just cool. kind of going uh to on the mission trips with FCA to Haiti and to South Africa so just being out and and giving giving back so
0: yeah you were well yeah. known for giving back not only at, at Oak Hill but then at Purdue with your involvement in those things and then you wrapped up your Purdue career as the all-time leading three-point shooter in school history your number 8 all-time and in- points with 1,674 you shot an all-time purdue best 90.6 percent from the free throw line which is also second best all-time in the big 10 and you have played 4,024 career minutes for the purdue boilermakers which is seventh most in school history kind of wrap up final thoughts with your memories of purdue what it meant to you to be a boilermaker and play for coach versa
1: life-changing uh being a when you are play at purdue and just the the culture um the environment the um coach versa was such a, a players coach like could call. so like i was in go up to their office and just like hang and just talk life like it wasn't always about basketball but she was such she helped me um become such a great Basketball player, um, just breaking down film, and she was such a teacher and also such a motivator. Where I, you know, I think back to times just being in her office. She said, "Hey, there's gonna be times when you're having the best practice of your life. I'm gonna be all over you, I'm gonna kick you out." <laughs> and I'm like, "So oh, there'd be those practices, and you just, you know, you get so... Mad. But like, she was so good at at getting motivating. She taught me how to moat, like, how do you, how do you build the relationship and the trust, and then motivate individuals and the team. Like she was. She is one of the, I mean, phenomenal coach and phenomenal human being. And so, and then just the experience of being a Purdue Boilermaker, like I, every time I go back to West Lafayette or go to, into Purdue, there it's the same, like, I talk about the Oak Hill, that's a positive, like, positive culture. I get chills. It's like this, um, you just feel the and like, it's just different over it in West Lafayette. It really is. And so I just, I'm still, I go, I'm going this Thursday and calling, a, I do the radio for the basketball game sometimes. So just being around, it's just, man, I'm so thankful because I'm so thankful for Coach Versa for for seeing me, this little five six girl from Sweetser, Indiana, and taking a chance on me and um, offering me a full ride, and then putting me, grabbing my jersey, and saying, "This is your team," and just here we go. Yeah. And like the belief that she had in me has been life changing to where I'm at today. If she doesn't take that chance, like you know you don't know.
0: Yeah. Well, it was a good chance that she should, she took and you wrapped up your Purdue career again, as a school record holder in multiple categories. So then you graduate from Purdue. Where was your mind at? What were you thinking professionally? Kind of, as we wrap up our conversation today, what was the opportunities that you had mm-hmm. professionally?
1: Yep. So my mind was, so I had an agent. Um, I was going, I was meeting with an agent uh, when I went down to get my All-State award, we went to like the final men's final four in Nashville. I met with an agent there. I was projected to go like third round. So I want to explain like how the WNBA actually works though, because a lot of people, that, like, so the the NBA has been around for 65 years at this point. So this is, um, when, so it's been around six, this is the 14th, um, Year, well, actually, I think it was like the 18th year that the league had been around, so it started in '97, so whatever the math is there. Okay. Um, and so there's a lot of veterans, so there's 12 teams, 12 spots, 144 players in, in the WNBA, and it's a new league, so there's still the the Maya Moores are still playing this, this, um, Simone uh, Augustus, the Sylvia Fowles, the Candace Parkers, the Sue Birds, the you go on all the legends, like. It is a very veteran field. So, in order to – so, just because you're drafted doesn't mean you make a team. Okay. So, I'm projected to go third round. So, you get drafted in third in the top. There's, like, 36 picks, and you go – You that means you're invited to a training camp. So, you go to a training camp, and then you have to make the team at training camp. So, it's – most girls in that draft, like, very few of them even made a team. Okay. But I at least thought – okay, I'm going to have a chance to go play, try out for a team. So we're setting Hunter's Pub, West Off, yeah, very small. Um, my hu- husband, Jordan, he was my fiance at the time, is there, my parents. And, like, the, the, the first round goes, the second round goes. And, like, there's some girls that are in the Big Ten that are getting drafted. I'm like, are you serious? Like, <laughs> four years, like, cook that girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting there, like, watching this. Third round comes. The picks are going. The picks are going. The picks are going. My name doesn't get – doesn't flash up. And I'm like – and it's just, like, you know, just that, like, pit in the stomach, like, all right, like, I had options to go overseas. So, I wanted to stay um, from middle of the cornfield, Indiana. Like, I, and I'm and i engaged. Like, I didn't really, at that time, like, think through hindsight, some other opportunities in the past I should have done. But, like, I didn't want to go overseas, really. I wanted to play in the WNBA. Like, that was the dream. And so, I... Was just like man, and at that time, not putting a plug in, but I wish I had somebody that was mentoring me, that had went ahead, that had the experience, because just because you don't make a team, if you know somebody, you can get a tryout. So there's a guy, uh, Dan Hughes was a coach of San Antonio Silver Stars, um, and so I sent him an email and asked him if I could come try out for the team. Um, this is back before like, this is back, you know, a while ago, and I sent him an email and he he responds back and says yeah you can come down and try out i didn't go because because i was just in such a like there's these transition and i'm i just was like i was so, mental physically i was in the like i was the best basketball player that i had like i was i was like balling out like yeah. physical shape my um, shot like everything was on point but mentally there I I, there was a disconnect and so now that's why I'm so passionate what I do now because looking back it wasn't anything physical it was a mental block that I had and it was a self like I didn't get and I just didn't know okay he said yeah like go but I had this there was fear there was self-worth there was all these things that that came to the you know I, I didn't go and so uh, I didn't go. My dad ended up getting sick. I didn't go overseas. I stayed home. My my brother um, and his wife were having their first kid. My first niece. And like those, there's certain moments that you want to be around for. And like the overseas life, um, especially early on, like in the the women's era, over like it it ain't all like you miss out on a lot. You're trapped. Like um, and so yeah. And so that's where. Playing basketball like that last game of Oklahoma State was where and I d I I didn't go try I didn't go try out. Yeah. So there's a, a coach named Kurt Miller, coach at Bowling Green, and uh he always would say, Hey, you really you remind me a lot of Becky Hammond, everybody Becky Hammond, you know, she was a phenomenal WNBA Olympic coach for the Spurs, has won back to back WNBA championship with the Las Vegas Aces. They just won this last one. She went undrafted in the in the league. Um, in WNBA, but she went and tried out, and she so like, she was shorter. She and so I always am like, man, like yeah, it's not like everything happens, and it, it left this fuel inside of me to be able to continue on. But nobody prepares you for those life, like in your your mid twenties, so that's where it left a fire inside of me. But I, I but I I just I didn't go.
0: Well, you turn that fire into a roaring flame with mm-hmm. what you guys are doing now. What's really neat is that you know, you're somebody you're, you don't rest on your athletic accomplishments from high school or college. That's mm-hmm. such a small, really is a small part of who you are mm-hmm. given what you're doing now mm-hmm. and the impact that you're making for the kingdom today. Mm-hmm. Cool stuff that you did, yep. right? And yep. yeah, I know you're proud of the hard work that mm-hmm. you put into it. But let's talk about what you're doing now as we wrap mm-hmm. up. And before we get to how you started your own training academy um, you did continue that basketball fire a little bit with coaching. You were able to have coaching stops with the Indiana Fever, mm-hmm. the Indiana Wesleyan University women's basketball program, and then the Marion High School girls team. And so, any any thoughts on you know coaching, especially with the Fever? How cool was that? How cool was that? Uh, yeah, that's what a, experience. Was that
1: that's a really cool um, story there? And so, I reached out um, to Stephanie White, who was like one of my you know, growing up, I had the fever jersey on in the driveway. And so, like, I reached out to her and, and and asked if I could help in any way with the fever. She was the head coach down there. And she says, come meet me at my house. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like holy cow, Stephanie White just invited me to my uh, to her house. And so, I go to her house. I think she lived in Carmel. I'm like, just, you know, hanging out our her kitchen counter. And, like, she's talking to me. She's like, so what do you want to do? And I was like, oh, I just – I they want to go into, into coaching or if you need a practice player. And back in back of my mind, I'm thinking, man – I can get on the practice team and like, just keep training. Like there, I still had that hope. Like there's an opportunity that she said, she said, awesome. She said, you can come practice with us. She said, you can come all the coaches meetings and you can, and you can help out with, you know, scouting uh, reports and like, just you can come experience everything, whatever you want, you can be. And so we were living. So I got married in 2015 um, to my husband, Jordan. We've been married nine years. So we met at Purdue. um, Hi, Jordan. And he, he's been, you know, such a supportive. So we're both, like, in the pursuing coaching. He played college basketball. It's the whole, you know, our story is a whole nother I want to add more on. I, I do because it's so important marriage. But um so we're married, and we, we're we living in a double-wide trailer uh, in Marion, Indiana. So I'm making, you know, the drive. I have another. It's a volunteer coaching position. And I, but I, I'm down there, and I'm setting in with Stephanie White, Gary Kloppenberg, who um, is a big-time name in, in the basketball world. He's been a head coach, won WNBA championship coach suit. Like, he is a big name. Uh, Gail Gessencourse, who was a head coach at Duke, won national championships. She's in there. And a guy named uh, Deke Weaver, who was, like, a huge mentor godsend for me, uh, who was kind of down there helping out. And so it was Tamika Catchings' year, so I got to be around Tamika Ketchings, Brianna January, um, and just the the group that man everything that I learned during that time and I got it I got the taste of being in WNBA practice I'm in there practicing I can remember uh, there was a time where I had to coach the they had guys that came in so some of the NBA the Pacers players would like stay in shape and they'd practice so like George Hill um, is one of those guys who would stay around and so like I'm coaching and we're in a huddle and like George Hills right there. And I'm like, Oh, he's like, Hey coach, what we do? And I'm like, you know what to do? Like I got kind of nervous, but uh, like, so being able to be in those experiences and like stretch the comfort zone and play, it was like, God had it ordained. I got, I got a mix of everything. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and it, it felt like making decisions to, of the course the stay and to help uh sick family, like all of that was like, it was just, Man, it, you can't make it up yeah. how it all how it all unfolded. So uh that that was an amazing staying after and rebounding for teammate catch. It just man, you can't it was it was magical. It really pinched, was. Pinched
0: yourself with those opportunities. Yeah. yeah, the game of basketball gave you so much in your life. But as we wrap up and the last thing I want to talk about is what you're doing now by giving back to the game and impacting just so many youth through the game of basketball. But you're doing more than just teaching them basketball. So talk about the compete training academy, how yep. it got started in that double wide trailer <laughs> to what it is today.
1: So compete training academy. Uh, so my husband and I. Um, so he grew up in Rossville, Indiana. I grew up in Sweetser, uh, Indiana. We met in college, but when we were younger, we used to draw like barns in the country with basketball courts in them. Like we and we both love coaching and motivating and people. And so we met. We met. My, um, in college, his senior year, my sophomore year. And then, uh, he had, he went and coached in Chicago. We did long distance relationship. Then we were engaged my senior year at Purdue. We get married in 2015. We move into, um, double white trailer in Marion and a part of like, this not on it. But like I took a director of basketball operations job at IUPUI. Um, and it was right after we got married and they, he was coaching at Indiana Wesley University with Greg Tonigle. He was on that, that staff, um, uh, when they won the national championship, but I was driving from Marion, Indiana to downtown Indianapolis every single day. And in the, in the first week I got a speeding ticket, I got, <laughs> I rear ended a BMW and the Holy Spirit really got a hold of me. It was like, is this real? Like, I just didn't have peace. There was like this stirring in me. And so within, I was coaching with uh, Austin Parkinson, Kristen Draben, um, Janice Banks, who are all phenomenal Christian coaches in, in the industry. And great staff to to start off a coaching career but something just didn't seem right in my stomach it was nothing to do with them it was nothing to do like when I was driving there the spirit the holy spirit was speaking to me and so in the first week or two I resigned uh it was like in the summer or the fall because something like I don't know and it just didn't seem and so I went through this time I was like what am I gonna do and so I would sit at the Table in that double wide and just like was sitting there, and I was reading my Bible and do and like I, the training academy it's where it was born at <laughs> was was daring like the adversity um of like and trying to figure out and like i I gave this like what am i what am i doing uh moment and so I started you know I had trained people on my driveway before and I started reaching out to local churches. Um, I remember Matt Trexler helped me to do some stuff at the river. We used to have to clear all those those chairs off in that gym, uh, and I would train kids in there, Lakeview Christian, on my parents' driveway, and just with this dream. And if you go back to when I was a young kid and we were driving to Plainfield, and I was driving all those ways, all, that, all those miles, and, and I'm so grateful for my parents for being able to do that, but I was like, there's a need for that here, like of uh, the experience I have and to be able to pull. And I, I always enjoyed going. I had a trainer named April Schilling. She played in WNBA. She is a co- WNBA coach now, and I would go down. She was Miss Basketball. I would go down and train with her. And so to, to see, to have somebody that can give back and that you can learn from who's been where you want to go. And so I wanted to give that back to people around here and that they didn't have to drive to Indianapolis to go get that. Good. give that to grant county and so that was born and this was 2015 um and then so we just went for it i remember like start doing that and then during that i had uh coached um at marion for a year when i was pregnant with my son and when he was born i didn't coach any longer but still had this and then in 2017 so we were continually looking had this dream of a barn we that's when we found the barn um and it was an old dairy barn, and we put basketball, we put a basketball court in it. We operated from this little light, a uh, little, you know, it, it was just like blue collar, and that. But that's so what it takes. That's what I've seen. Uh, I've come from an entrepreneur family. We're manufactured housing. So my dad and my grandpa do doing, my uncle, like, and so that's how I was CTA. Like it came. That's how it was really. And so the the goal was just to. You to combine basketball and to share the gospel, um, and it's it's really just transpired into um, mindset training now. It's, it's transpired. One of my athletes that I trained was hit by an impaired driver in a traumatic accident three years ago. She died at the scene, like she shouldn't have lived, and so it's helping her now. To she's coming for physical training, and we're, we're relearning how to walk. It's there's been a long C T A has been so there's people used to come over the before we had the barn to the double wide and do we were doing bicep curls on the front porch, you know. <laughs> Guy might be riding by in the his a lawnmower and his whitey tie he's mowing his yard next door, but we're out there working out, okay. And but we would we would run in the country. So just this I mean, started from the bi you know, just and with with a dream and a passion that I really think was fueled from from not from not going to the WNBA not going overseas and just to give back and to teach life lessons through basketball.
0: Don't I, I, th- I think I understand the story correctly. When you and your husband were looking for a, a house for your little family, mm-hmm. but also thinking we need to be able to run a business on mm-hmm. this property that we buy. Mm-hmm. When you guys went to the property, the farm that you mm-hmm. ended up buying, mm-hmm. You only looked at the barn. You didn't look at the house, right? And you you agreed that you were gonna buy it at I that I point. I looked on Zillow. You saw pictures. the pictures, but you saw the barn. And I saw the barn. Sold.
1: I had a basket in the back of my jeep. I went in there. I shot it up, and we had looked at like gobs the house before. This yeah. is never th- and went in there and shot shot the ball. He could shoot it. Didn't hit the rafters. And like I was like, I called Jordan. Said hey. I found it. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, be prepared to put an offer in. Because the, the market, I said, I know how the market is in the Oak Hill area. Uh, in the country, I said, it's going to go quick. Yep. And so we called. It was Tanya McCoy. We called her up. And he's like, you serious? And I'm like, yeah. So he calls up. We get an appointment the next day. She shows us the barn. <laughs> shows us the house. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we make an offer. With the way the, mar- the housing market is now, we offered below asking price. Um and we were there had been nine or ten offers already on the house. we didn't know this, but the family who was selling it, we were on an exclusion list, which i didn't even know was a thing. We were on an exclusion list if uh, us or another family wanted it, our offer would automatically trump anybody else's Wow, ordained by God, yeah. I mean you can 't make this stuff up and so we we offered below, and they accept it, and it 's like. Then we start, we did, we, first thing we did was we worked on the barn and we we did some stuff. We lived with my brother and sister-in-law during the time we were remodeling the house and like since that time we, so we had the old barn, we call it the old barn, which is like the wood pegged um, half court, but we had, we had that barn and with, I think two years ago we built a new barn, so because the old barn's not heated, so now we have, so you, now we have a spot we can use during the winter time. We don't have to, you know, go use somewhere somewhere else, which we did for a long time. Like, a lot of people see what they see now, and they're like, but it's been, when Jordan was up in Chicago, he was he was doing basketball training up there back in 2012. So it's been a, we've had other jobs. Like, it's been a journey and a process, and we've loved every minute of it, to get to, and it's experience. yeah, It's experience from it. But the biggest, like, the best thing is just, if you have having goals and having dreams and just working, like being a vessel and saying, God, use me, like, what do you need? And then, like, I never thought I would be back in Sweetser. I was never, am I playing? I'm going to go play professionally. I'm going to, I'm going to coach. Um, I'm going to coach college basketball and, you know, wherever that, wherever that would be at. And so you just, you follow the spirit because there's, when, like, think. We aren't chasing after things. We're chasing, like, what everybody wants is love, joy, and peace when it comes down to it. Um, and I'm thankful that my journey has led, and I'm, I have a family and I'm ma- married uh, to love my life. And, like, I have those things. Yeah. And, sweetzer. So good. her baby. Let's do it. So,
0: well, what's neat, you know, this conversation about what you're doing with CTA. It deserves its own conversation and its own respective amount of time because, you know, being close friends, you know, I, I can see what you guys are doing mm-hmm. and the kingdom impact that you're making. And it's just incredible. We barely scratch the surface on this conversation mm-hmm. about some of the things that you guys are doing for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but if anybody wants to get involved, because you are spending so much of your time, resources, effort, helping those that people have given up on. Mm mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to donate to what you're doing or to help out, what are some opportunities for people to do that?
1: Yep. So in 2015, we have Compete Training Academy, which is a for-profit business. But in 2021, um, Compete Training Foundation, which is a 501c3, was formed to help people who are, so we call it Um, competing, doing what God is calling you to do even when it's hard. So people who are going through adversity, our foundation comes alongside them, and initially was set out really to help uh, so that nobody would ever be denied training or because they don't have the funds um, to do it. So just providing the opportunity through scholarships. But what it's transpired into is helping individuals who have suffered traumatic brain injury. So what I've learned is insurance runs out. And these people like it's no it's no wonder that people don't get better because the system's set up like they can get 20 hours of PT paid for over the course of a year, which is not even scratching the surface of what they're retraining their brain on how to walk, how to function. And so our foundation steps in, covers the cost for their training, helps. And it really it's not just helping that individual it's helping the whole entire family because there's caretakers, there's. Man, I could go on and on, but so our foundation currently is scholarshiping three individuals. Uh, one's a local um, Oak Hill community boy who was in a drowning accident uh, two years ago. Same accident took the life of his older brother, um, and so we're helping his family out as uh, as they continue to get care for him. And then, like I said, the girl I worked with in basketball training was hit by an impaired driver. She's three years in. She this past week she took two unassisted steps oh yeah so three years oh. of hard work just to take two steps but those two steps are going to you know turn in three four five but um i actually work with her every single day um on her recovery and she i mean that girl that's a whole nother podcast too but and then we have another boy who was in a um an accident uh that we help as well with his stuff so in order to uh, if you want to help out and give competetrainingfoundation.org, um, there's a spot on there you can donate. You can also Venmo at Compete Foundation. We also uh, checks um, the address is on our website. Um, you can s- send a check to see Compete Training Foundation. Uh, we also do bonds, stocks, all those things that you can go through, but we do any of that stuff, but um, especially this time of year, we're, we're really kicking up. we're trying to fundraise. Uh, We had to fundraise over $230,000 to help with the care moving forward into the next year. And um, it's, you know, it's a faith journey and the spiritual journey of raising money. But just step out. And so we really, in order to to keep these things moving forward and keep these kids progressing uh, during November, December, um, I really encourage you guys to give. And I just heard a quote this morning that we give to live. We don't live to give. So we give to live. So giving gives you life. So, um, so give, give, give yourself some life and let's help these kids get better.
0: I love it. And so many people in this community invested time and resources into you, Courtney Moses Delks, when you were playing for Oak Hill in Purdue. And if you've loved following her journey, it's not over. It's far from over. It's really, you know, at the beginning stages of what she's going to do on this earth. So this is the opportunity to stay involved and to continue to bet on this racehorse that's absolutely (laughs) winning at every single thing that she's doing in life. Courtney, thank you so much for spending so much time with me today. This was a fantastic conversation. You know, as a friend, I just love hearing your story. And it was also fun. I know you're such a humble person, but it was fun to go back and talk about that ride, that Oak Hill Mm -hmm. journey that you got, you know, your group took us on for those four years. So thank you so much again for your time today.
1: Hey, thanks, Brad.